I am the Animist, and you are listening to the Video and Company Podcast, a podcast where we talk about filmmaking and running a video production business. Today, I have Bernadette Joy, who is a client, friend, and mentor of mine, and also the founder of two prominent brands in the Charlotte social media ecosystem, Dressed and Crush This Dead. In this episode, we talk about the three best pieces of advice that she gave me that helped my business grow exponentially, as well as video strategies for social media. So here is Bernadette Joy. So pretty much in your words, just so everybody can know, like, tell me who you are and what your brand is and then how we met. Sure. So I am Bernadette Joy. My brand is BernadetteJoy.com, but the specific um, initiative that I'm working on right now is called Crush This Debt, which you can find at CrushThisDebt.com, and it's basically my mission to erase a million dollars of debt from other people's lives by sharing my personal story of how I paid off $300,000 of debt in three years. And how we met was we actually met um, through another financial influencer, um, and I had such a great time working with you then. And at the time, I was working on some videos for my business, Dressed, and you did such an awesome job with that one that we kept working together since then. Yeah, it kind of felt like you came on set like and hawked because like you you straight up you did your you did your set, and then as soon as you got off camera, you're like, I need a card. <laughs> like, I was like, did you come here just for the card? No, and I didn't. I mean, I didn't know who was going to be the video person or anything. And I, that wasn't even my intention when I went there. Uh, for that particular thing, I think um, she had asked for, you know, people just to share their stories. And I was always happy to share my story. I also think that I represent a different perspective on things related to finance. Um, And so that's all I wanted to do. But as we were talking, or I saw how quickly you were um, putting things together, and it was so not scary when we were doing it that I was like, oh my gosh, I need your card because I need to do this for Drust. And it's worked out so far. Cool. And so um, obviously to the point where like we meet up several times a month, like we've been working together for a year and a half. Has it been that? It's longer than a year. It's longer than a year. Yeah. But less than two years. Something like that. Yeah, for sure. So like why is video such a huge strategy in your business specifically either businesses actually just yeah why why do you keep it such a center role in your strategy uh so there's a couple of reasons um the main reason i would say is that both of my businesses so we talked about crushes debt which is eliminating million dollars of debt which is a personal finance education service i'll call it and the other business dress which is a local dress rental service both of them are services right And I think before video, I spent a lot of time just telling people what I did and explaining to people without the visual. And video is so important if you have services like I do because you can actually show people what you do. So what I loved about the videos that you did for Dress was that in those videos, we actually um, highlighted my stylists. And a lot of people think when you go to dress, oh, you're just picking out dresses out of a closet or like it's just like a traditional store. And that was my opportunity to actually showcase the stylist and why dress is different from other people, which is different when you actually see the styles versus just talking about them. And the same thing with Crush This Debt is I can tell you I'm really good at finance or I can actually show you 
what I've done with our finances, like the episode we did with the house, and you can actually see the difference versus me just, or just having to rely on my word that I, I'm actually good at it. Right. And like, not only is it the like creation of the video, um, I mean, there's a lot that goes into the back end and like with your ideas and stuff like that. And you normally carry a lot of that. I probably helped with like uh, fine tuning every once in a while, but like what, like what, what is your strategy with the, the marketing of them? Because I know you have a newsletter and oh, like yeah. social media and stuff like that. Like yeah. what are some ways that like people like who want to make content, but like they just put it, we've, we've seen it a million times where they just like put it online. They're like, oh, it's up, it's there. Yeah. Uh, so I think you and I both have talked about um, kind of being fans of Gary V, right? And we've talked about, you know, putting a piece of content out there, but how, are, how many different ways can you use that piece of content to showcase what you do? In your business. So I do primarily do everything on social media and email marketing. Those are the main things that I do, but I might take that same piece of content that we did for a video and I'll put it on our website to show people what dress looks like, for example, before they walk in the studio, but I'll use that same video, cut it up into pieces and put it out on social media as a regular post. And then another week, use that same uh, content, maybe a different part of it and put it as an ad. And I've taken all of the snippets that we've done for example, and put those all together, which I say me, but really you did, <laughs> put all those pieces together for things like speaking engagements, right? So those same clips that we used was, a, was reused again uh, for my speaker reel. So there's a lot of different ways that we were able to use the same content and get our bang for our buck um, without just saying, okay, one and done. Right. And like, so this is going to be unusual for like this show specifically mm. because it is going to be marketed towards filmmakers, but like it's trying to like make them realize like marketing and like commercialism is like a huge part of like if you want to run a video business, like you have to be aware of these things. And um, something that like we don't butt heads on it, but I do have other clients that I do butt heads on with it. Or sometimes I forget about it. And even when we were doing this, like I was setting up the lights and I told you, oh, I kind of like feel like um, as soon as I sit down, I'm not even going to like really know like the context that I really want to put you in except yeah. that I had notes. Mm -hmm. And like I've noticed with our work and similar work that I do with other clients, it's all like way more focused on content than it is like the high quality production. Because like if you look at my reel, you'll see there's some stuff that like looks like it belongs in a theater mm -hmm. and then you see like art clips and it's like a way different style mm -hmm. and you know I've just gotten so used to it and I understand that like there are so many benefits with like our content that we make for them but it's like can you explain why you would take content over being like super high production budgets and I've Gary V said similar things but yeah. like, what's your point of view on that? Um, so my point of view of view on high production quality versus quality content. I think we've all seen this. We've all probably at some point gone to a movie, whether it be in the movie theater or watched it on Netflix or whatever, that they spent a ton of money on and looked really great production-wise, but terrible storyline, right? What did I watch recently? I won't, I won't name. You, you can. <laughs> um, what was that that I just watched? There, um, one of the superhero movies... 
oh gosh, it'll come to me later. Um, I just watched it last week, but I was sitting there and I was like, that movie just wasted an hour and a half of my life. Like, I feel like I got nothing out of it. But did they have all of the crazy, like, cars blowing up and, you know, action shots and all those things? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it costs, actually, I know it probably, it costs a ton of money. Shazam. <laughs> That's what it was. Shazam. It probably cost a ton of money to produce that film, but would I say was it great content? Did it did I feel entertained during it? Not really, right? And again, that's my personal opinion. I think it goes the same thing for business videos, right? Is you can have a great looking video, but if you did not produce any value to the person watching the video, what does it matter how pretty it was, right? So I think when it comes to what we're doing is I really want to produce content that is valuable to someone who's watching it. And also, I mean, I want it to look decent enough, right, that they're like, okay, she's not shooting this like in the, you know, in, in her trunk of her car or whatever. Um, but I also believe that when you get to a point where it's so focused on the high production of it, you kind of forget why you're doing it in the first place and you lose that authenticity piece. And for my brand in particular, I'm very focused on trying to provide authentic content as in it's mm -hmm. coming from me personally. And just because of my brand, right, Crush Just Dead, I talk about doing things really effectively and efficiently. It'd be kind of silly for me to spend a ton of money on production of a video if it didn't produce the results. Yeah, and I mean, you're also like looking at quantity, like the, the consistency that you have with like how much you put out is a lot. And is it? I have no, <laughs> I feel like I'm not doing enough. I have like. Well, I mean, think about like, if you literally took down like every single video file, not just like every project, but every video file. So like every project tends to have like three or four files mm, generally. That's true, yeah. So it's like if we're coming out with like eight to ten pieces of content, I know it's not like super insane, but it's like not a lot of companies, like even with bigger budgets, like probably aren't putting that much out um, unless it's like the kind of people that can like do this stuff themselves. Right. Where they're like running the camera and have the brand and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't think about it that way. I do get this. I, I do get um, the consistent feedback. Even yesterday, I got an email, for example, that said, hey, Bernadette, want to partner with you on this so-and-so. You're just all over my social media. It looks like you're just doing so much stuff. And to be honest, I think that is 90% related to the video content I am sharing because I think, you know, intuitively to humans, it feels like a lot more stuff when you see someone actually like moving around and doing stuff yeah. versus just looking at the photos that they post on social media. And I've gotten that feedback pretty consistently. Everyone thinks I'm super busy, but I'm not really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if it's too related, but like I've lately, so there's an artist that I follow on Instagram and we've been like DMing, we're thinking about working together and nice. all his feed is, it's like him with like, you know, Italian, like hundred thousand dollar cars and stuff like that and it and it's all a different car every time and i'm sure he's like running it out for like the photo op and stuff like that and it's like i don't believe it first off or he like, was in the same parking lot with all 10 cars in the same day and just posted them out separately or I whatever mean, different outfits and stuff but <laughs> it's like if i saw you in it like i might care more like if i saw you like actually like doing stuff like a movement like a video but it's like the photo it's like that was a photo op mm -hmm. like a video op like it doesn't feel if if does feel a little more authentic even if it is you know, you know fake. I, I think that's a really good point. I think it's harder to fake video, right? I think, and, you know, no knock, this is going to sound like a knock to like social media influencers, right? But I see a lot of social media influencers who can post really great 
photos, but then put them in front of a camera and have them talk for 10 seconds, and it's a completely different yeah. game, and, right? And, and, like, that's one of the things that, like, you're kind of, you have, to like, that gift of gab, but it's not only just, like, oh, I'm able to talk. It's, like, you hit direct points. Like, we don't even script out our stuff. We have, like, outlines, and it's, like, boom, you hit it in a paragraph. Take one. This makes me really happy that you're well, saying that. Saying, I have no idea that that's happening, but like, it's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of people, are, most people, no one else I work with has, like, that, like, precision of, like, just being free, like, off the dome. But, um, cool. like, it's just, you know, everybody's different. Thanks. Um, there's a couple pieces of advice you gave to me because, so you might not realize this, but like to my family and friends, I, I just call you like my business advisor. I'm like, she's, oh! a, she's a client like once a month, but like even this morning or last night, I was talking to my fiance about the whole Amazon thing that I was telling Who you about. I love, by like, the way, I love Hannah. She's <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta talk to Bernadette about it. I'm like, oh, I mean, I can, I can come up with my own ideas. She's like, I, I think you should talk to Bernadette about it. <laughs> So, but like there was this one meeting we had, I want to say it was like either December or January. It was like either the end of last year or the beginning of this year. And like after that meeting, you didn't really tell me anything that like I hadn't heard before, but you kind of like sent the message home. And like also when I like, I think, I think I talked to you about like my personal finances and stuff and always used to, I used to get like really embarrassed about it because you know, the business hasn't always done well, but this year has been like the best it's ever been it's like almost tripled amazing so i wanted to get you to possibly go through some of the advice that you gave me you might not remember that exact meeting but yeah um, like do, do you remember much <laughs> of it at all i I've, I've tended to realize that i think i spout off a lot of things to people not realizing that i'm like maybe giving advice because i think a lot of times it's probably unsolicited so what would be an example of something that stuck out in your mind and i can well so the, one of the things, it, w- it wasn't the biggest thing, but it was the thing that I wasn't doing at all. And you like told me that I had to be going to one to three networking oh, meetings okay. a month. Yes. And I never did one a month or two a month, but I would do like two this month and then I would go to like one a month later. But it's like, so that's three in three months, but I haven't done any in two years. Mm-hmm. And like there was a big increase in like, I didn't always get like a sale or a lead every time I went, but yeah. like I got better at like marketing myself. I got better. I like did meet people that I could like talk to them and their people would talk to me and then I would find something. Yeah. Um, so like, could you talk a little bit about like how much networking has helped you? Yeah. So I hate networking. <laughs> I am a strong introvert contrary to popular, uh, popular belief, but I... The reason I told you to do that is because I have to force myself to go to three a month. And actually, that's on my goal list this month is because I kind of fell off the wagon in July for that. And so I'm going to make sure I do three this month. And why that's important is because, you know, to be honest, um, we can put all the stuff on social media. We can reach out to people via email. We can, you know, maybe even call people on the phone, but there is not a lot of substitution for meeting someone face to face and a lot of these networking events that I try to go to and we've gone to some that they're pretty diverse right like we went to one that was like primarily tech focused Mm -hmm. right with pitch breakfast and then we went to another one that was like music creatives focused and both times I made multiple contacts and like got gigs off of both of those either indirectly or directly Yay! <laughs> so those have probably worked out even better for you than for me. So, um, you know, one thing is 
I like to go to those to see just what's going on in my local community. There's so many, like the music one. Like I had no idea how many music artists there were in Charlotte until I went to that event. Yeah. Like I had no clue. I was shocked. So it's really fun to see what's going on, but also you should be informed about what's going on yeah. in your community because that can impact your business. And one of, for example, that that led me to go back and talk to the um, the person who organized that event and think about how can I help target crush this debt towards creatives and music people in music because one of the reasons people stopped doing music is because they got to pay the bills yeah. right so that was a great revelation i think the other reason that networking is really important is because it shows that you're willing to show up for people right so i i tell people all the time about ethan like every time someone says they need someone for video or some kind of thing like i tell everyone about about you it's different from me saying it which is one thing and I think hopefully you've gotten some business from that too but it's another thing if they've actually met you yeah right and realize that they like you and you're in a business you know all videographers or anyone in this business at the end of the day they have to know and like and trust you and if I felt like oh it was gonna be like I would have to dread every time we were gonna meet every month like yeah we, we wouldn't have gotten this far yeah right and I think most people already dread the process of like making a video because to a lot of people right it is intimidating to get in front of a camera and talk all that stuff like if you exasperate with that it was like I don't even know the person I don't know if I like them or all of that stuff it makes it even worse so I think especially in your field networking is hugely important um a, a big thing that was um something that like we, we never talked about this, but, like, practicing what you preach. I remember I would always tell um, companies or, like, brands, like, this is what you need to do. You need to start, like, running ads. You need to start promote, posting more content. You need to create more content and stuff like that. And, like, you would do that. And then, essentially, um, you you didn't tell me this, but, like, when, when you did tell me to, like, create that commercial, mm -hmm. it was me realizing, like, oh, I do need to practice what I preach. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. pushing this on you. I'm yeah. pushing on everybody else that, like, books me, but it's, like, I'm sitting here, like, I don't have a commercial, or, like, you know, I'm never, like, talking, like, I might post something from another video project, but it's, like, is that original content? Because that's from a different project. Yeah. So, like, practicing what you preach is something that, like, I never really realized was that important. Yes. I think we all know this intellectually, right? Practice what you preach, but, you know, for me... This is how I buy my things, right, or services. I'm only going to buy from someone who knows what the F they're talking about, yeah. right? So I bill myself when I talk about crushes debt. I'm not trying to teach people debt-free lifestyles and be in debt myself, right? And that has been – I have had to do nothing else other than say that for people to want to sit down and chat with me because that is pretty unique in my space, right? There's a lot of financial advisors who talk about having you be wealthy and then not have their own stuff together, right? Right, exactly. So I think the same thing goes for you with with videos and anyone in this space, right, is that it's one thing to be able to create a awesome video for a client. It's another thing to be able to create an awesome video for your own business and use it as a proof of concept, right? So right. one of the things that we talked about, I was like, why? I think we in this conversation, I was like, why haven't you done that? And we talked about it, like, it's not within our nature to want to be in front of the camera, but once you did it, you said, oh, it wasn't that bad, and now you've been doing more of it, which is awesome, right? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the like, probably the biggest thing, and I can't remember if it was exactly something, like it was a point that you made during this meeting, but it was definitely something that, like, was brought up, and it's something that I've always heard 
and it's just a thing that like it's a bullet you bite and it's just a like a gun that you jump but i notice especially that i'm meeting more filmmakers that like they all are stuck with this same problem and they're asking me how did i get out of it and i feel like i'm completely like i feel like i'm um uh what do you call it a fraud i feel like a fraud when i like explain to them like what i did to do it differently even though i am doing it and that's upping your price ah. that's like paying like you know charging or um you know actually having your price be what you're worth and so for the longest time like i was charging like half or 20 percent of like what i charge now and i think you were like a really big key component in like just like upping that up a little bit because you said you could like you're you wouldn't have to change in clients all you would have to do is just let everybody know it's like you're a little more expensive now and you are in a completely new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that I personally struggle with. And, uh, you know, obviously doing what I do, if I'm trying to help people get out of debt, it's really hard to charge people <laughs> for yeah. that, right? So I had to come to terms with this on my own. And one of the things that I've learned is that it's not so much about the dollar amount that you're charging people. It's whether or not that dollar amount is equivalent or less than the value that you're providing them. Meaning, right, if I'm charging, let's say, $500 to somebody, then you better make sure that they're getting at least $500 worth of value from you. And I think where a lot of videographers don't realize is that if you do a really good job on this and you are promoting someone's business and that $500 turns into, you know, a client that's $1,000 and they already made their money back and then some. And, you know, perfect example that I think we talked about was one of the target markets that would make sense for, you know, you or for me, for example, let's say like attorneys, right? Um, there's not a lot of attorneys who do video com- uh, video commercials. And if they do, it's like those really cheesy ones, right? Yeah. That's like, you know, call one 800 you know, back pain or whatever it is, right? Um, and do those actually produce revenue for them? I think if you have a really high quality video and you show, again, that that person is someone you know, like, and trust, for attorneys, for one client to come back after a video, you will probably pay for itself and then some, right? So I think for people in this field to think about what is the value that they're getting in return for this video and not so much focus on the cost that you are charging them, I think that makes you a lot more comfortable with realizing that's where your your price needs to be aligned. Right, and something that, like, it kind of goes into that, it's kind of um, to the first part what you were saying, and I never really thought about it, is, like, let's say a videographer is charging $300. It's like, that's fine if you're only doing $300 worth of work. Correct. So, like, I used to do, like, a full day of shooting and then like an edit for like $300. And now that seems like nonsense. But to some people it's like, oh, that's a good deal. Yeah. But it's like when I got to the point where it's like, there's nothing wrong with charging $300, but it's like you get maybe an hour. You know, it's like you just, you cut it down. So it's like, this is how much stuff is worth now. Mm -hmm. And so like, it didn't feel as hard then to like, be like, oh, okay, well, if I'm going to like spend an entire day, you divide that into hours. It's like, I'm only making this much an hour. Then I got to pay taxes on it. It's like, I don't want to make $8 an hour. And I mean, at that point, you really have to think to yourself, like, is this worth doing or should I just go get, should I just go work at McDonald's? Like, honestly, right? Like, that's a conversation I had to have with myself as well. When I first started doing any sort of consulting, I used to charge $39 an 
when I used to do resumes, for example, I used mm-hmm. to charge $39 because at least at the time I thought the opportunity cost was if I'm helping you with your resume, then I'm not renting out a dress, which at the time was also $39. So I was like, all right, you're gonna have to pay me for the lost revenue on the dress that I think I would have probably rented out during the same time, right? Um, not realizing and not thinking about, wow, I helped someone's re- fix their resume. And I had a real example of this. And someone got, you know, a new job, which resulted in a 20% increase on a $100,000 salary. So that value of that resume was literally $20,000, and I charged them 39 bucks. Yeah. Right? That doesn't make sense, right? So, you know, what I'm learning to get better at, and I think this is where I think you also are getting better at, is is articulating what is the value of what you're producing um, that is going to produce an outcome mm-hmm. for whoever your client is, right? Yeah, it's ba- the value is based on the outcome. It's not on, like... And, and 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 in that case, like there's even I'm I don't even know if you're aware, but like some uh, like bigger video production companies, they have like licensing fees. So it's like if something's going to be on broadcast, you are receiving more value because that is being seen by way more people. So they actually just put a fee on it. It's like this is going to be seen by like over a hundred thousand people. So an extra three thousand dollars goes on the, the uh, fee mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. So it's like it it really is about not only what the client can do with that stuff, but also you know don't break your back right? just for the littlest bit. And I think also, and we've talked about this. And it, does, it doesn't become sustainable. Like yeah. You, you will burn yourself out quicker. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, we also talked about the fact that, like, you also have to find the right clients, right? If they're not willing to pay you that, then they might not be the right client. If you've really established, like, I am creating more value for you and it's worth at least this, this much and someone is always trying to get something for free from you, then that's a whole co- other conversation to be had, right? Right. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing. Like, I would say it was the biggest thing that kept me from upping my charge was I was so scared of them just saying no. Mm. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I could go into negotiation. Because I remember when I first got my first contract negotiation, I was in a contract with someone for a year, actually maybe even two years, and, like, our our workflow completely changed within those two years. And I'm like, this isn't worth it anymore. Like, I need more. And, like, I, I negotiated it but I was just so scared of saying no that like I started off at the wrong foot but like even before that just telling someone like this is what I'm worth and them saying no I'll find someone else was terrifying Mm. why do you think that was because I mean not only is it like pretty saturated like I'm confident enough now to I'm to the point where you know at the time someone could find somebody like me easily like similar skill level I disagree but okay at the time (laughs) yeah because this is like probably Eh, yeah, you're you're probably right. I'll take it. <laughs> so that was your first problem there, but okay. Well, but now, like, I've gotten to the confidence where I'm like, 100%, you will not find, like, even after up charging, going over, uh, like, charging more, I'm still to the point where it's like, you won't, you won't find the quality for the price, 100%. Like, I know that. And mm-hmm. so, like, that's why I'm way more confident. And also, I'm just, like, really busy now. Mm-hmm. But, like, back then, it was like, if I lost one job, it was like that could potentially be like thirty percent of my income for the month. That's fair. Yep. Um, are you are you scared of the no or no? Because I feel like I feel like you are kind of like doing everything appropriately. I know like you might be scared of. <laughs> I'm always scared of the no. I just had this conversation with someone yesterday. Is that because I've put my personal name on things? Right. My company is literally called Bernadette Joy. Like that's also my name is that I even just realized yesterday that I have to get over someone saying no because I realized that when someone said no, I have to separate that they're saying no to 
the business versus saying no to me as a person, right? So I, you know, and that's hard for me to swallow when I'm doing financial planning kind of stuff because when someone tells me, okay, I don't want to pay you. So perfect example. I, um, when I do a planning session with someone, it starts at $200, right? And on the surface, people will say like $200 to help me get out of debt. Like that seems like a lot. I don't have the money for that. I just told you I don't have the money for that because I'm in debt. But inevitably, every person that I that has said yes and they've looked at their budget have spent easily $200 on a bunch of other stuff that, you know, wasn't adding value to their life, right? right? So I started to realize when people are saying no, they don't have the money for that, that's not really what's going on. It's whether or not they value what you are providing for them. So yeah. it goes back to this value it's thing, right? It's a perspective right? thing on their part. Yeah. So I became okay with people saying no and being like, you know what, it's okay. They're just not valuing the service that I provide. And I'm not going to lower that price just because they don't value it. That probably means they're not the right person for me. And I think the same thing goes for anything that any business, videography or any other business that um, one thinks that they can do it on their own. That means to me that is a um, kind of tell sign that they don't value their own time. So for example, I can make my own videos. I, I, I'm pretty sure I can do minimally, right? I can yeah. like shoot stuff or whatever, but I pay you because I look at, all right, the opportunity cost of me doing the video myself and the time it would take me to do it, it'd probably take me like 10 times the amount of time it would take you to do the same video. And in that amount of time, how much more money could I have made doing what I am really good at? So when you meet a client that wants to DIY everything, that to me, that's already like maybe you should take a step back and think about whether or not that you want to be their client. Like if you have an attorney who says like, I can do my own videos, I'm like, but you went to school to be an attorney. <laughs> like so – and I know you can make a lot of money being an attorney. Why would you even want to do your own videos, right? Yeah. So that to me is like maybe they're not in the right business space or they're not the right client for you because they think that the value that you provide is less than it actually is. Yeah. So I – I really appreciate all the insight and, you know, a lot of this, like, a lot of this we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, I just definitely, like... But not with, like, mics and, like, lights and all that stuff, so this is pretty exciting. (laughs) Right, and I'm just hoping, like, anyone who does end up listening to the show, it's like, they're, if I've gone through a problem, they've probably gone through that same problem, and they might not have, like, hurdled it yet, so it's, like, the words that, like, helped me fix those problems to like put it on record it and actually like put it out there to like the right people it's like hopefully we can do that for a lot of more people and practice what you preach exactly (laughs) so um go ahead in this camera if you want to plug anything you want to plug the brand the website dressed anything sure if you would like to learn more about me you can go to bernadettejoy.com and you can hear about or see all of my businesses okay appreciate it